Shut up and sit down. I'm Dr. Corbin Weaver, an OB-GYN resident. I'm Dr. Katie Wyatt, and I'm one too. And I'm Dave Etler, their pod father. And, and we, we are, are the Vagabonds. Three friends venturing through the world of feminism and healthcare for women, babies, and people of all kinds. We don't give medical advice, and we don't speak for anyone other than ourselves. We're just recording conversations we'd be having in bars anyway. This week, we're going to be talking about the hysteroscopic sterilization device, also known as the Esher. Oh. Woo. We talked a little bit about it. We did. A few episodes ago. Yeah. That's why it's interesting. <laughs> okay. I've learned some more about it recently. All right. Um, but first, I thought we should talk about um, a throwback, callback to one of our former episodes about hurricane medicine. Now, why? So, why, Katie? Because... I just witnessed my first hurricane, except it wasn't actually a hurricane when it got here. Anyway, um, so Hurricane Florence just went through the southeast coast. Making a mess, making a big mess, hurting a lot of people. Yeah. Damaging lots of property. So I saw this really funny meme that was like a picture of the hurricane and it said, slide to the left, slide to the right. (laughs) Like, because one day it was like going to hit North Carolina and then the next day it was supposed to hit South Carolina and then the next day North Carolina. And then it just like kept flip flopping. Yeah. Your, your city was right in the path. Yeah. Um, of the hurricane at one point. Yeah. I guess it changed so, its mind. Yeah, it did. Apparently. I don't know. Um, so I was on vacation this week and well, this will be like a couple weeks old when this episode comes out, but I was on vacation the week of the hurricane and I actually flew back early to try and like get home before the hurricane hit Columbia. Um, and it never really did. Hmm. I guess I maybe shouldn't, I don't know. Can it like build up steam again? I don't know. It's just been raining. It's not even raining right now. I think it gets There's like, it's uh, not windy at all. If I, if I could mansplain hurricanes for a moment. Yes, please. I know nothing about them. I believe hurricanes get most of their power from the water in the ocean. Right. And so when they move over land, they tend to lose power. If they go back over the ocean somehow, which sometimes happens, then they can okay. gain some more. That's what I thought. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's becoming very clear that Midwesterners know nothing about hurricanes because yeah. I know nothing about them. I know nothing about hurricanes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I just want to talk about like the hosp- what happened at the hospital. I mean, obviously I wasn't at the hospital because I was on vacation, but this is like what we've been getting emails about like procedure and stuff. So basically all the hospitals on the coast um evacuated and so like they were all closed so we got well actually our hospital became like the referral center for the entire coast of south carolina plus our regular referral area plus some of north carolina so everybody's sending their people to you yeah um but i heard so i heard that there was like tons of babies born uh like in the middle of the week which is funny because like people say that low pressure systems cause like more births, which I don't know if that's actually true, but it's just kind of funny. <laughs> everybody was like, we're so busy. And then it um, sucks the babies right out of people. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> that's that is that's science sucks right there. Out. I don't know if that's actually true. I doubt it. Say new, um, new vacuum assisted delivery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go to a hurricane. My mm. mom thinks it's true because my brother was born right before a snowstorm. So. Well, there you whatever. go. Um, and then 
Uh, so what happened is like we basically canceled all of our elective surgeries and then canceled clinic and, um, like our GYN team that like they do, you know, they have like inpatient patients, but they're usually post-op patients. So they like came in and rounded, but they didn't have very many patients. So they basically just like helped out on L and D. So that's what happened. And then obviously like we haven't had like much flooding. Like, I don't think we've had any flooding in Columbia, so things haven't been as bad as they could have been, but there's like plans for people, you know, like we could all like stay at the hospital if we couldn't get home and like all this stuff. The, I, so there you go. I, uh, I guess you should, y'all should probably plan for an increase in the number of babies born maybe in, uh, yeah, that's the other in about thing. nine months, right? Isn't that the, yeah. the other thing that supposedly happens? Yeah. I think it's a real thing too. Yeah. Well. Got nothing else to do. I wouldn't be surprised. Although maybe not here because it wasn't actually that bad. No, true. I don't know. Maybe on the coast. What rotation are you going to be on in nine months? Uh, I have no idea. What's nine months from now? I don't have. I don't. Okay. Can't think. Probably we don't know because September. maybe that's in next year. I don't know. Yeah, that's a long time. Well, I think I'll be on high risk OB. There you go. I have lots Which... to do. Perhaps. Yep. Anyway, okay. Um, should we talk about what we're going to talk about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about it. So the eSure device is what we're going to talk about. So, um, just like some, okay. So Dave, you watched the Bleeding Edge documentary, mm-hmm. so you know a little bit about eSure, right? Right. So would you like to exp- mansplain to us what it is? Well, eSure is a, uh, a device. It's a, uh, it's a, an IUD sort of device, right? I remember correctly mm, kind of um and um it's oh right when you say iud do you mean contraceptive no. or it is a contraceptive device, device that go. causes uh, basically it's like a little a little spring looking mm-hmm. thing gets uh gets inserted into your fallopian tubes at the at where they join with the uh with the uterus and it causes scar tissue to form and uh plugs up the fallopian tube so it's a sort of uh, less invasive type of permanent um contraception yes. similar to uh uh, uh uh cutting the tubes what do you call that? Yeah. Tubal, tubal ligation. Tubal ligation. Mm-hmm. I was going to say tubal ligectomy, but that didn't sound right. Um, and, uh, but, you know, it's, it's it, the, from the bleeding edge, it sort of came under fire as uh, a little yeah. bit of a problem. Pretty much, yes. Um, yeah. So the Esher is just the brand name of a type of device that's used for, um, it's called hysteroscopic sterilization. So hysteroscopic means that we put a device or a camera. So scope is a camera. Hystero means uterus. So we put a camera inside the uterus. And then that's how we feed the Esher device into the tubes. And Dave's right. It looks like a spring. So it's a coil of nickel and titanium Mm -hmm. alloy. Mm -hmm. And um, there's like an inner coil that's made out of like a polyethylene polymer. Anyway. That's not important. Um, but something interesting, I think, about the Esher is that the um, company that developed the Esher is called Conceptus. Mm. So it's Good name. very, like, why would, a, a, you would think that a company named Conceptus would, like, be helping people conceive, not preventing them? Yeah. Yeah, actually, it originated. Oh, oh yeah. Were you going to tell it? Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Go. That's my thing. Oh, sorry. You're just so good at asking the rhetorical questions that I thought it was a real question. (laughs) So, 
<laughs> okay, so anyway. So they originally developed this to try to prevent or to try to use it as like a reproductive technology to like keep the tubes open so that oh. stuff could flow through them. Like you a, know, so the little eggy could go through. Like a stent for your Yeah, like a stent for tubes. your fallopian tube. But that didn't work because the fallopian tubes basically instead of keeping them open, it um like scars them down and causes them to like like basically they get irritated and get lots of inflammation and inflammation causes granulation tissue and that like causes tissue to grow over the thing that's causing the inflammation. So that's what happens. So then your fallopian tubes, tubes are very persnickety. Yeah. They are very persnickety. Which can also happen in other kinds of stents too, because like you can have stents that clot off, like if like a vascular stent, like they can clot off, um, also, which is like one of the risks of them. Yeah. But anyway, so then they're like, well, I guess we can make money because it's a way of sterilizing people without subjecting them to surgery, which is like the big plus for the Esher um, that was like marketed as is it's like the non-surgical um, alternative to um, tubal ligation. Um, making lemons so, with lemonade. I mean, making lemonades with lemons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true. I kind of wish I hadn't said anything there. It's fine. I guess it is kind of making lemons with lemonade, though, because of what happened. Yeah. But we'll get there in a second. So basically, instead of have, so like to have a tubal ligation or female sterilization, you basically have to either at the time of C-section, you can do your tubal ligation or you have to make a mini laparoscopy, um, which is just like a small, like four centimeter wide incision. Or you can do it laparoscopically, which you just make the little incisions for the um laparoscopic ports but either way there's like multiple different kinds of incisions that have to be made to do a tubal ligation um but with the esher you don't have to make any hole because there's holes provided for you (laughs) which is the grossest way i've ever described (laughs) (laughs) so basically you just uh i think most of the time these are done under like conscious sedation so like you at least in Iowa, like I, whenever we did hysteros, I never, I've never seen an Esher device used, uh, which for reasons I'll get to in a second. But um, I've seen lots of hysteroscopies, and usually people I feel like are under conscious sedation, which means that they're like not asleep; they can still breathe on their own and everything, but they just like don't really remember, and they have like really good pain control. Here, um, in the hysteroscopies I've been in, they put people to sleep, so hmm. I don't know. I think it just depends on like your anesthesia people. But it's nice because, like, potentially you don't have to have the risk of anesthesia or the risk of surgery. This is, like, you know, all hunky-dory, all good and everything until, basically, a ton of women started complaining of side effects um, of the Esher. So, uh, side effects such as... Let's see if I can find them. Um, so, like, basically pelvic pain, cramping, vaginal bleeding, changes in menstrual pattern... Um, nausea, vomiting, vasovagal responses, allergic reactions to the nickel in the Esher, um, heightened allergic responses to other allergens. Some people have supposed that there is a heavy metal toxicity, which that one doesn't really make sense to me. Um, brain fog, weight gain, anxiety, depression, hair loss, um, and then joint pain and back pain. So basically all of these like 
symptoms i would say the most common symptom is pelvic pain um so base or side effect i mean so basically they like so many women were having these side effects that they have like started this campaign to get it removed from the fda approval um so much so that there is an fda got patient decision checklist that you now have to use before you can give a patient an e-share so I'm just going to like, I looked this up because I think it's interesting. Um, so I'm just going to like read the headline. So a patient has to initial about like next to each of these different like headlines. So one is other birth control options. Mm. Another one is requirements for each place placement and reliance, um, which basically just means that you're like sure that you want to um, <clears throat> sure that you want to be sterilized and that you are reasonable like it's reasonable to um to assume that you're not pregnant right now um, because you can't put it in if someone's pregnant um if it's a desired pregnancy and then the risk of pregnancy if it isn't effective because nothing's 100 percent effective and then what to expect during the procedure and the days afterwards you have to initial and then the long-term risks so you have to and like the long-term risks part is a whole page long like you have to like read through this whole thing and talk about it with your doctor and like the patient has to initial that says that they understand it um and then at the bottom you have to like sign the whole thing that says that you like talked about all the risks and everything which is like this is the only to my knowledge this is the only form of birth control that we have to do this much for Uh, usually it's just like a um just like a regular consent form Corbs, have you had one that you had to do this much for? No, no. I think it's a special Mm -hmm. situation. Yeah, it's like very... So basically what that happened... I don't remember when that happened, when they like had to uh, start doing that thing. But basically in July, the Bayer... So Bayer is the company that produces the Esher. They announced in July that they are going to stop selling it in um December 31st so the end of the year which like doesn't really make sense to me either because like if you're gonna pull something from the market I don't understand why you wouldn't just why not just pull it it then yeah that's that was my question I don't yeah I don't understand Um, what the point is is it a face saving measure what is it so yeah it is so they the Bayer the company says that the pull from market was a business decision prompted by decline in sales which yeah i mean one is probably because like the rise of other long acting methods that are have less side effects and are like just as easy to insert and to like all this backlash about against all the side effects and things yeah um and then but it's in a statement the company said that it stands by the safety and effectiveness of the device and added that women who currently have an e-share in place can continue to confidently rely on it which is important to like to know as an OBGYN like you know because patients hear about this like the e-share is being recalled or not re- it's not recalled I think that's the point like the e-share is being pulled from the market is there something wrong with it no like you can still continue to use it if you have like had success on it you know like it's continue it's going to continue like providing birth control for you um and then actually last September um it already like ended sales outside of the u.s so like since last september to now it's the u.s is the only place that you could get an e-shirt anyway um and then there's like has been other 
um, types of like hysteroscopic sterilization devices on the market previously, but I don't know of any besides Esher there are right now. There used yeah, to be one called Adiana, um, which was like silicone plugs, and then you use like um, bipolar radio frequency energy to block the tubes. Mm. But it says it was marketed from 2009 to 2012. Hmm. Um, but that's the only other one I've like ever even heard of, and. Um, I don't know of any that are on the market right now. Yeah, I don't know of any either. So it'll be interesting to None see. None that get used practically, that's for sure. Like, right. You know, by a lot, like widespread. Right, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if this is like the IUDs in the 1980s where they were like so cray cray that people like hated them and they all got pulled from the market and people like had all these problems with them but then like now our IUDs are so nice and simple that I wonder if like someone will develop something really similar and then we'll go back to like using it all the time yeah I mean it it kind of makes sense I mean you, you you figure out what's wrong what's causing the problems with this particular device and if you can eliminate those problems you can you can have a successful um, beneficial product right because I think it is a really good idea for people who, and it's non-hormonal, that's another thing. Like, So women who have had breast cancer or like any kind of cancer that is fed by estrogen or progesterone, you can still have this, um, you know, like this kind of device. So I think it's like a good idea to have something that you can like just put in in the office, like under conscious sedation, that's like relatively simple no, like you don't have to go under anesthesia. You don't have to go under the knife. Um, I just think it needs to be something different. Sixteen thousand people are suing. Yeah, there's like the a huge of the um, What's that called? Class action lawsuit. Class action. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. Uh, a that's okay. <laughs> Let's hope you never get to find out what a class action lawsuit really is. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think you can do a class action against an individual physician. So probably I think not. I'll probably be fine. <laughs> probably not. You'd have to. You'd have to be a pretty have, like, prolific doctor, something. yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know what's surprising about it is that what is I mean the problems that they're having is it was studied. You know, Bayer claims that there were forty published studies involving more than two hundred thousand women, and yeah. um, I mean that's a lot. Um, I don't know how that compares to other um, studies of um, of the same kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, it seems like an excellent number to uh, find out what the major uh, side effects are and mm -hmm. so yeah but you know as we as we talked about in um in the episode on um the bleeding edge um it's possible that the that something changed about the product um after it was studied mm, yeah. and then it was grandfathered in um because it was right. you know substantially similar um according to the FDA's definition and so a new study wasn't right. needed yeah, exactly. So, and uh, Bayer is not going to talk about it. No, um, no, heck no. Certainly not. Um, you know, basically saying, oh, yeah, <laughs> we uh, we made a little change and that's probably what caused it. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. The other thing that's so weird to me about this thing is that, like, so many people have nickel allergies that I just, like, don't understand why you would use nickel in... So it's nickel-coated... It's a nickel titanium alloy. Oh, okay. Well, is the outside? That's the outside like ring, right? Or the outside coil? I mean, right? Because there's like a middle, a middle thing that's made of like a, a synthetic polymer, and then the out, the coil part is metal. Mm. So yeah, me seems like a bad choice, but you know, maybe when something is alloyed, it's less likely to be, um, yeah, less likely to be make you know have have cause sensitivities 
Right. So. Yeah, I, don't, I guess I don't know. Um, it's okay. So like, I'm on the Easter website, and there's like not there's like a FAQ section, and um, there's like nothing about the side effects. Oh, oh. <laughs> which is like that is that I would think that would be a frequently asked question. <laughs> what are the side effects of this? Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, frequently asked yeah. questions that we actually want to We're answer. We're going to ignore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what to expect here? Let's see. Nope, nope. There's just like the... Oh, here. Long-term risks. Pain of varying intensity and length may occur. Um, this is more likely to occur in women with a history of pain. There are reports of Escher insert being located in the lower abdomen and pelvis. Oh. I mean, that's the same as for IUDs, so. Um, hypersensitivity to any of the components may alert may experience allergic reaction um you may develop an allergy to nickel or other components um yeah and that's the thing about allergies i mean you yeah. don't sometimes allergy you, you don't um you're not born with some kinds of allergies you know you you're you, not born with any allergies you, technically oh is that true okay you sort of get acquire a sensitivity to it and then the more you're exposed mm -hmm. to it the more sensitive you get and then you're effed yeah cuz an allergy is your immune cells responding to something so you can't be born with that because you have to be exposed to right. it so anyway uh, but yeah so that's the Esher so that's like why people freak out about the Esher I think Corbin when we went to ACOG were there people um, protesting the Esher yeah there were that's what I thought so yep good times yep I mean I think that like there's definitely like people though who also believe like a lot of like the people who have trouble with it are people with like chronic pelvic pain yeah and i'm not saying like this is like true you know i like definitely haven't done the research um but obviously they're taking it off the market so whether yeah. that's i mean even though bayer will claim that's more of like a because business a business decision yeah. so it is a business yeah. decision the decision the decision not had... to have your name dragged through the mud by some product that yeah. you know you made that is hurting people you know that's that's a right. that's a pretty good business decision to make <laughs> yeah yeah um, guess, yeah, like the pelvic pain, like I feel like people, cause people say that about the IUD too. Like people, some people say that the IUD like has, like gives them like chronic pelvic pain, but I feel like typically those are people who have already have chronic pelvic pain. Um, I also think a lot of it is like, well, I guess maybe not for the shirt. I guess like if you're having, um, allergic reactions, I think that's a different thing than if you're having like the chronic pain sort of thing, because chronic pain is so hard to deal with just in general. Hard to hard to treat, hard to suffer from, hard to... All of the, yeah. yeah. Hard to deal with from like every sense of the word. its new president um so if you have like seen anything about Planned Parenthood in the news that hasn't been you know absolutely people trying to ban it um Cecile Richards who used to be the president she stepped down earlier this year um and they have named their new president so her name is Leanna Wen um she's a 
emergency room physician. Um, she is or she was the um, the health commissioner for Baltimore um, previous to like this job. So she um, was the health commissioner of Baltimore. Um, basically, she was like appointed. And one of her main efforts was to handle the opioid crisis. Um, and she was appointed in 2015. And then she obviously worked there. And now she'll be leading Planned Parenthood. Um, another interesting thing is she's only the second physician to run Planned Parenthood. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, which I didn't. I guess I knew. Because I don't think Cecile Richards was a physician. Hmm. No. So I guess I just didn't even like think of it. You know what I learned? Fun fact about Cecile Richards. So now that I live in Texas, um, her mother, Ann Richards, was the governor of Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. Um, Because at one of our conference rooms is the Ann Richards conference room. What? Yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. You should look her up. She was pretty cool. So basically she said that her goal, one of her goals is to get, continue to have the services that Planned Parenthood provides paid for. And so a lot of the like hubbub right now is about Kavanaugh being appointed to Supreme Court and blah 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 blah. And so basically, she is like um, doing. I don't know. It's, it sounds like from the interview that I'm reading currently, she kind of like s- steps around it and basically just says that like Planned Parenthood will continue to provide health care no matter what happens, and will continue to like defend the right to provide that health care um, and to point out like the truth because. I mean, I think Kavanaugh's viewpoints are like a whole could be a whole other episode on in themselves. And like a lot of it is not science based from what I've heard. Um, but anyway, so she's just I love this quote. She said, we know what works is birth control. We know what works is family planning, which I really like. Um, so basically the point is that she like is going to continue to fight for like basic medical care for patients and allowing Planned Parenthood to continue to provide those services, which is good. I have a surprising fallopian file, and that is surprising Let's for me. It. And that is game day, uh, Hawkeye football game day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not. I've made no secret in my life of hating football, <laughs> of thinking that football is the stupidest thing in the world. Uh, and I know that belief does not align with those of other people. But this past week, uh, yesterday, in fact, um, as we record this. I had so I, I I am a member of the Steam Fab Lab, uh, a makerspace in Iowa City, and we got the opportunity to take over a parking lot for you know one of those you know privately owned properties that people park on to do tailgating and also park to go to the game, and it's on. Uh, if you guys may remember um, Melrose Court mm-hmm. in uh, in Iowa City, which is right off, right near Kinnick Stadium. So that's where this property is located. And it is crazy on that street. Absolutely crazy on game day. So we took over this parking lot. And I was really not expecting to enjoy myself, but it really, it really was so fun to just hang out in this crowd parking cars and um and interacting with the crowd i you know making jokes with the with the young folks and the old folks and the cops and the mm. and the um you know i just kind of made me finally get a glimpse um of why people do this mm-hmm. so there you go that's my fallopian file really that's yeah, fun i really enjoyed it i'm i'm gonna do it again i'm gonna do it again yeah 
Um, my fallopian file is for the Alamo. My little brother is in town visiting me, and we went to the Alamo this week. Yeah. That's it was good. free. It's a slightly underwhelming, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of smaller than... But... My understanding is it's small. It's small. It is small. It's very small. And it's also in the city center of San Antonio, yeah. which I did not expect. Um, Because, you know, I just imagine it being in the middle of a field. Mm-hmm. Or some impressive, <laughs> but, some impressive um, setting, you know. I mean, these things, these yeah. things have become historical... Uh, things that everybody know you remember the Alamo where you think oh it's going to be you know huge impressive mm-hmm. um right. somehow imposing it's pretty small yeah. um but we went and it was pretty cool it's for free so that's also pretty cool um yeah it was a good time i learned some history i mean i haven't really thought about the Alamo in a really long time to be honest <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what was that like eighth grade history <laughs> Um, yeah, but it was kind of cool. So I recommend looking up your local historic landmarks and just like visiting them. Like uh, here, the world's biggest frying pan. Right. Wait, where is that? In Iowa, in the general, in Iowa. What? Yeah. Where? World's biggest frying pan. Go see what do you mean? I've never been there. Never been there. I've not been never there. I've not it. been there either. I've just dri- driven by the sign. Um, also, mm. uh, Great Big Wood Nickel. Um, that yeah. is in Iowa City area. So you can do that too. So many, so many oh, things to do. So many things I didn't know about. So many things to do in Iowa City. <laughs> do you have a Flopian file, Katie? Um, yeah. Mine is the show Madam Secretary, which I don't think <laughs> I've talked about before. I don't think you have. But uh, it's really good. Taya Leone is the like star of it, and she's so wonderful, and it she just makes me so happy. Um, but it's a really good show. It's about she's the Secretary of State, and she's like an ex CIA operative, and uh, it's just like really good to see politics. Like I think I said this when I talked about the West Wing too, but it's just really good to see politics like be actually intelligent and have like good discourse and it just makes me happy and it's like what i watch when i like am a little bit angsty but also like need some hope about the world Mm. so it's very good so yeah that's mine well i guess that wraps up today's show yeah good job team thanks for listening listeners tell us something that you want us to talk about you can go to the vagabonds and click on one of the many ways to get in touch with us and and send us your thoughts or your questions or your ideas for the show. Um, You can um, compliment us or not on uh, on, uh, your podcast delivery mechanism of choice, such as Apple Podcasts, Mm -hmm. which I monitor closely. uh, Speaking of which, this is really random, but Google just released their own podcast app. Oh, yeah. Which I thought that... Google Play was already that. I don't know. Whatever. Google Play so is a store. Yeah, it. it's uh, yeah. Yeah, it's very confusing. Anyway, um, but I looked it up, and we are on Google, the Google Podcast. Well, I would hope app so. Too. Yeah. So you can. Can people leave us a review nice. on the on the podcast app? I think. Yeah, so. Yeah, check that out. I should. Yeah. Corbin, didn't somebody get in touch with us on Facebook at some point? Yes. That's good. Would you like to tell us about <laughs> that? <laughs> That's nice. Thank you for. T- oh yeah, uh, fan of ours uh, got a hold of us on Facebook, and she was wondering what our opinions on menstrual cups. So we will be talking about that. Yeah, soon. that sounds good. Thank yeah. you for that suggestion. Do you- we really appreciate your contacting us and all your support and everyone who listens. There's. Do you have the name of that person? It's Kaylee. So Kaylee, thank you for uh, messaging yeah. us and listening, and you're awesome. Yeah. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.